football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone, the Kramer Dog. Text line. 816, watching it all, Bink. Great time of year to be a sports fan. Yeah, of course it is. Like, this is when you start getting the feels, man. Football's back, man. We have football f- <laughs> since that Hall of Fame game last week. You've got football all the way to February. Every week. Every week a game to look forward to. Then we get college football starting first of September. Then we get the NFL. Then you get in October. You get the NHL, the NBA. And it's like a sports smorgasbord. This is the time of year, man. I know that June, you still get the NBA Finals going on, stuff like that. Baseball is kind of in the heat. But if you're not in the playoff race, you start losing somewhat some attention to it. What's your favorite sports month, Kramer? October, baby. October's my favorite sports month. You got everything. Uh, well, well of course. COVID switched things around a little well, bit. Well, I mean, the World Series is always in uh, October. The postseason for Major League Baseball, you got full swing of NFL, the full swing um, towards the end of October with basketball and also hockey. You got to love October. NH or the NBA starts its regular season October 19th. Things are going somewhat back to normal. So you get the baseball, you get the World Series in that. You've got college football in conference season. You get the NFL really starting to get juicy at that point, even though it's juicy from the beginning. And then, of course, you've got the NBA, the NHL. It's got whatever you want, but October is the month. October is the sports month. It really is. It is the golden month. I think this is kind of fun, too, in August. You know, there's a little bit of buzz. I think July, everybody's like, yeah, better get those vacations in. You know, the kids are going back to school. A lot of them went back today. You get some preseason football on. We're going to be jonesing for some NFL coming up soon. Training camp had that buzz. We get the Field of Dreams game on. That's cool. I feel so much better now than I did last year, Kramer. Like, you were the same way with me. You came up here every night with me and did the virtual Royals. If people don't know what we're talking about, we simulated the Royals on MLB The Show. Was it 21 last year or was it 2020? It was 20. It was 20 because this year they came up with 21. Have you, have you got the new one? Yeah, I've been playing the new one like crazy. But you and I just played the hell out of the old one. And we did every – we started on opening day. We did every single Royals game that they were going to play because there was no sports. <laughs> so we did it, pitching matchups. We we put them with the weather and what city it was. We looked at what weather. We had fun with it, but it was the only thing on. Don't, 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 add, don't add us. Don't hate us. You had two choices. You watch it or not, but some people chose to watch it, Kramer. True, they got into following. it. Yeah, we had a really good following with it. We had people show up and did their own watch party. We didn't organize it. They did. You know, we had two bars showing it. It's very true. You know, whatever we could do. Hey, we Minnesota didn't... was showing it. But you and I, yeah, they did. Minnesota put on their the Twins uh, people. When the Royals played the Twins, the uh, Twins broadcast partner put it on there. We had uh, Brett Phillips join us in one pre pregame show. Uh, Vern would join us. A lot of the guys would join us. And we had a lot of fun uh, with it because we love sports. We love sports, and that's the only thing we had last year was a video game, man. For a while, and then baseball started up July 24th. and But then there was all the uncertainty. Remember the uncertainty last year with the NFL? And college college football. And I'm a huge college football guy, Kramer, because I would have a, sh- I have a show every Thursday night, Rush the Field. It's all college football. But g- games would get canceled at the drop of a hat. Hell, some games were canceled Saturday morning. It's like a roadmap, and then there's no non-conference games. We're back to a little bit of reality, but it's fun sitting here watching Field of Dreams and football. I miss this stuff, man. We've missed this stuff so bad. So the Osain Bolt 
Tyreek Hill thing has been kind of fun to follow. You like this stuff, Kramer? I like it when other sports in different events, they want to challenge each other. One thinks they're stronger. One thinks they're faster. Mahomes, gone back and forth. Josh Allen, remember those two guys? I think they're friends, but still, who can throw the ball the furthest, correct? Yes. Allen got the 99 arm strength rating on men. Mahomes a 97, even though Mahomes is a 99. The beer chugging thing. I want to see somebody take on David Bakhtiari of the Packers. Why don't you take on David Bakhtiari? I have. Oh, you have? He's got a challenge. You drink three beers in a row. You chug three down. I did the Bakhtiari challenge. What the hell are you talking to, man? Of course I did it. But anyway, the whole Tyreek Hill thing, Usain Bolt. Uh, don't forget, this is Usain Bolt. This goes back. This goes back. This is how it kind of all started. Well, it kind of started before. But this is when Usain Bolt was on with Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee Show. You, did you see Scotty Miller? You know, obviously you did. He scored that touchdown on fourth down right before half there. That shouldn't have happened there. He's very fast. Tyreek Hill, very fast. There's a lot of conversation in the NFL of who's the fastest. Have you ever got into that game at all? Me and Tyreek Hill um, got into it because he's a Gatorade sponsors athlete also. So we got into it one time. We are sitting out, we are talking. He was like, yo, you could take me. And he was talking blah, blah, blah. But then I went to the combine one year. And if you pull, if you go on the net right now, I ran 4-2-2 in my sweats and some shoes. <laughs> you got no chance. None whatsoever. Hey, do you see, you know why? Because one primetime game, they were talking about Tyreek uh, Hill's speed. It was like either his rookie year or second year. It was primetime game. And they put him running. Uh, next to you on the track, and they were like, yeah. "Look, the start." It was a two hundred, I believe. Look, the yeah. start. They're the same there, and then you pulled away towards the end. But they were trying to yeah. showcase Tyreek's speed, and I think a lot of us were like, "Maybe could catch." <laughs> you seen both in the NFL? I did not know you ran a four two two. That was that really happened. If you, watch, if you if you check it out on the internet, you see it. You would you see it? Hey, you would have been a great wideout too, man. You would have been. Know, a- I know for sure, for sure. And I got, I think I got good hands, so that'd be good. Well, we have to see those hands. You're saying you say you have hands. We'll see the hands, right? He didn't run a four-two-two. I saw this. He's not wearing track shoes. Like he's wearing sweats, and he did. I mean, just imagine him. That's the fastest time. Just imagine him in track shoes with no sweats and the proper gear. Yeah, but he's tall. He's thirty-four years old. He just turned thirty-four. He can still do it, Bank. It's like riding a bike. Actually, when's his birthday? How close is he to? He, he's won eight gold medals. He didn't compete in this year's Olympics in Tokyo. He's retired at this point. Um, oh, his birthday is August 21st, Kramer. About to turn 35. He's going to turn 35. Okay, now the plot thickens a little bit, doesn't it? We can say we want, but 35 ain't 28. 35 ain't 27. Again, I know Tom Brady won the Super Bowl 43. Come on now. All right, so then Tyree Kill was at his press conference and this came up the next day after Usain Bolt had said this with Pat McAfee. Usain Bolt got out of the game for a reason, right? He's old. He's washed up. And he can't see me in 40 yards. 100-yard dash? Yes. That's what he do. For 40-yard dash, if y'all were recording this, Usain Bolt, you cannot see me. And see, Tyreek's right, man. Like 100 meters, 200 meters is where Bolt dominated. Bolt's, now he did run that 40. <laughs> Give him that. He did run that at a 4-2-2. But he's a long strider. Like, his starts weren't always the fastest in the Olympics, but he would win. Once he gets going, you can't stop him, man. Once that train gets rolling, you're not stopping him. Bank, you got to put it like this, man. Like, 
Usain Bolt's been doing this forever. It just he's gonna be fine. He's gonna clearly he will if they do race, he's gonna defeat Tyree Kill. You gotta put it like this. I'm like the Tyree Kill in the beer drinking, and you're the Usain Bolt. I'm trying to challenge you for it, and you always beat me. But, but, that, but that's the, the thing. Does, you, the age does not make a difference, Kramer. It, I'm going to kick your analogy, ass no matter how old we are. I don't know about that, Vink. I, if, no matter how much I, I Kramer, try and practice. you haven't come close to even touching me. It may be half a second. No, that's, that's eons that, yeah, in beer I know, chugging, I know, man. but still, it's, it, I, I, you just got to keep on practicing with it. I'm saying, like, I'm the Tyree Kill in this, and you are Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt's going to win all the time. I mean, the last time we did it was St. Patrick's Day. Remember that? Oh, you were smoked! All the burps. Smoked! Wow. That's you! Yeah, but I was barely behind you. You burped three times in her video, and it was real. And you had half the beer in your shirt and your chin. No, no, no. You know, all the beer went down. The foam came up. That's why I was burping. But all this time, you told me you could beat me, man. You're fresh out of Northwest Missouri State. I'm, hey, I'm 0-2 against you. I'm the old dog, you. man. I'm the OG from Pitt State. Pitt like, State 1, Northwest Missouri State 0 in my book. Hey, I, I might be 0-2 against you because I, I had a chug off with you at uh, one bar. So, that was embarrassing, too. I can't find that audio. Nah, you know I'm where glad, that audio I'm, is? I'm, I'm not going to find it for you. Babe. But anyway, the bartender's even laughing at you. She even said, Kramer, you're finished. I'm done for. When you and I did our chug off at a bar last year. It's like a series. We got a four-game series. I'm going to get the next two. Okay. Again, Kramer, you're a lot of talk. But there's not a lot of action. A lot of talk. A lot of talk. A lot of talk. Usain Bolt. All right? He was on the day with Dan Patrick. All right? So Usain Bolt's on with Dan Patrick and the Tyree Kill thing. People in the media, Kramer, sunk their teeth in this. Sunk their teeth into this race, they want to say, this is taking on more of a life than Josh Allen throwing the ball against Patrick Mahomes. Correct? I'd, now, I'd have to agree. Yeah. They, they have to do this in the offseason, though. They're going to take a chance during the regular season. But this Tyreek Hill, you know, uh, challenge, is that is that ever going to happen? And I, 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 I have something here for you. I don't know. I don't know. It's something that I've, I've thought about, you know, but I was like, uh, should, should I, should I not? How about this? He about. wants 40. Yeah, you want a hundred. Yeah. How about seventy? I'm good. I'm good with centimeters. Because <laughs> I think I'm he'll good. take you in forty. Yeah. But he's not going to take you. And if he doesn't have you after sixty, then then he it's over. Yeah. Right. I, I still don't think he can take me forty meters. Even <laughs> <laughs> if, if he gets there, it's going to be really close. <laughs> Because he's, like, you get started. But do you purposely, did you start later in the 100 meters? That... No, it's just because, of, it's because I'm tall. You know what I mean? So it takes me a while to get into my running. But he's going to get out there quick, quick though. Shorter distances. But he's going to get out there quick, man. Yeah, but, but I, proved, I proved, if I could get in shape, I proved already that if I really, like, warm up and get ready to go, I can run fast. You know what I mean? Okay, this is what I'm suggesting the stakes are. Cool. Okay. A week after the Super Bowl, or yeah. it could be the Super Bowl weekend if he's not playing. You yeah. put up one of your gold medals, yeah, and he puts up his Super Bowl ring. <laughs> nice. There we go. <laughs> that would be big. <laughs> yeah, because you got what eight gold medals? Yeah, I got eight. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's only got one Super Bowl ring. Would he be I willing? I don't think he's going to go for it. Well, if he's not afraid. Yeah, and he's he's been talking so. We'll see.
Yeah, I would love. We should it. think about it. That we should put some thought into that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You let me handle it. I got this. I mean, <laughs> pay per view. You're in on this, right? You you want a piece of Tyreek Hill? Yeah, I I said it to him. I've I've texted him. I was like, you you keep talking. I might just show up. <laughs> <laughs> See, they're having fun back and forth. Tyreek Hill had some fun back at Usain Bolt on Twitter. Again, Tyreek Hill's 27, the fastest of his profession. Fastest guy in the NFL is Cheetah. Usain Bolt, retired runner who happens to be 34, going to be 35 here in nine days. He's going to be 35. Again, long strider. He's talking about 40 meters. 40 meters, it breaks down to that's about 43 Yards. When he says 40 meters, it's 43 yards, 43.7 to be exact, uh, yards to meters in that conversion. But again, the 100, and even Tyreek Hill acknowledged that, hey, in the 100, he's probably got me. But in the 40-yard dash, Usain Bolt sounds a little nervous. Now, he's got eight gold medals. Listen, it's not solid gold. You know that. That Super Bowl ring, that thing's freaking huge with diamonds and everything else. Tyreek Hill has more to lose with that Super Bowl ring. And even Usain Bolt said he probably wouldn't do that. And- but you would not bet that. Again, you're talking about an NFL player against the world's fastest man. Like, again, you're not betting that. Who cares about what they're betting? It seems like they're friends. They text each other, whatever. This is just a little fun smack talk like we do, Kramer. But, again, Tyreek Hill, NA40, beats Bolt. I doubt it. I feel like you're going to see at the 20-yard mark if it does in a 40 at the 20-yard mark, you're going to see probably about half a step that Terry Kill has on Usain Bolt. But at the end of the thing, that, that stride probably gets in there by at least the 25-yard mark for Usain Bolt. But again, you're talking about, watch the, but you're talking about the cheetah, man. I know, it's so cheetah. But so I'm, when's that coming in, man? Because 40 oh, yards, Tyreek's going to get there. Are we on turf? Are we on track? Are we on grass? That's also another stipulation. It doesn't you matter, to. Sam, I am. Oh, then Usain Three Bolt still has it no matter what. Usain Bolt trained barefoot always. Again, Kramer, when a baseball player retires... And he's like 47. You say, well, you know what? He can come back and hit 30 bombs. Could hit 317. At some point, you're past your prime. I don't care what profession, whether you're a tennis player, whether you're a football player, baseball player, hockey player, you name it. At some point, Mother Nature, not Mother Nature, Father Time gets you. At some point, Kramer, they get you, unless it's me and you chugging beer, which is still... I don't know. Jamie Moore was at 48 years old, and he was still chugging along. But the thing is, man, we all talk about what if they played today. There's a reason why people retire. By the way, another home run into the cornfield, Aaron Judge. Oh, Judge just went yard in the cornfield? This is cool, man. This is cool. Tyreek could get him. Again, 100 yards, give it to Hussein. 40 yards, you're not being the cheat. Again, Hussein Bull looks like he's in good, great condition because he ran this 4-2-2, which would have been the fastest time at the combine. This was recent. I don't know if it was this year or the year before, but he was in sweats and just did it. But again, he's going to be 35 years old. I don't know what he's been doing, Kramer. If it's in the past year, him and Is he in the feet up and that? drinking some brew or something? He's 35. Tyree Kill is being a professional athlete. Right now, he's training every day. Thing- he's playing in his sport. Top three at his position. Again, Tyreek Hill is training. Usain Bolt's retired. Here's the thing. Usain Bolt could have went to Tokyo a couple weeks ago and still would have won gold and still would have been the fastest man a lot. So, I mean, I, I'm on Usain. You can't you can't go wrong with a track star. They're always, no matter what, always a training. He's, but what Usain age, Bolt's Kramer? still doing it. You could be old as heck and still run, Vink. Not as fast, bro. Sometimes you, you're gonna you're a young guy. You're going to get in your 30s. You go, man, I just can't do the things I can at my Vink, age now. You can't teach speed. You're a young guy, Kramer. How old are you? 23? 24. Okay. 24. Again, 
early part of your 20s, first half of your 20s, when you get to 30, you're like, damn, feel a little bit different. Don't feel as spry as they did at 24. Then you're going to hit 40, bro. I feel and you're like, out. whoa, whoa, whoa. This is much different. Again, you're talking world-class athletes. One is in his prime, 27 years old, the top of his profession. Usain Bolt's retired. Now, if Usain Bolt was coming fresh off a gold medal at Tokyo, I'd say, okay. He retired like last year. He was going to go to the Tokyo Olympics if it was in 2020. But he's going to be 35, man. You can't stay at the top of the mountain forever. Think think about it. This was a year ago. He was going to do it, but he just retired because he was like, all right, it's it's time. I'd take him. By the way, this texter keeps texting in. He could destroy both of us in chugging. If I had a nickel for every clown that texted me this, I'd be a rich man. Kramer has never seen me beat. I took on everybody here that wanted a piece. We did it all on Zoom. Everybody wanted a piece. I took them on, took them down. Took them down to Chinatown. Every single person. Never been beaten. So you can say this text line, but again, you're wrong. Until you beat me, you can't beat me. So we'll just, let's keep it that. Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy spoke earlier at the quarterback summit this uh, this season. It is why this team is gelling. It's why this team is going to be tough to beat. Troy Vincent, executive vice president of the NFL, tweeted this out. Had never seen it. Thought it was brilliant. That's next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bacon and I.J. Binkley, Kramer Sansone, the Kramer Dog, and you. Mac Jones in a quarterback now for the Patriots. Cam Newton went 4 of 7 for 49 yards. Mac Jones so far 2 of 5 for 20 yards. So we'll see what happens. Heineke's in for uh, Washington. I just can't wait till the Chiefs are on, man. Let's go. Let's get to Saturday. Let's do it. Enough of this waiting. Let's do it. I know it's preseason, but just don't at me. Crazy Ray, what's on your mind, man? You want to talk Chiefs? You want to talk preseason football? But I got one thing to say. My dad's really been wanting to tell me this. I I think that the Royals up and down like that, instead of winning 10 in a row, get back in third place and get a wild card might might be out of the question, but we need that. I don't care if it's Dozier or the manager. We need to get somebody up there that knows how to bat. I really think that that needs to happen, you know? Ray, do you have anything? Hey, listen, man, I'm good with that, man. Do you have anything yeah. to say? You have anything to say at all? Anything we're talking about? I'm just yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for the Chiefs, man. I can't wait. You know, especially preseason because yeah. you know who the good guys are. You know who the bad guys are. Yeah. And you know, good guys, bad guys. No, I'm talking about on 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 the offense and the defense. You get to look at them. You know, you get to say, is this guy going to be good on our team, or is he going to be good in a practice squad? But you got to understand, you got to know what talent is, bro. And you got to understand when we go with the flow with Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's the only one that ever came here, won a championship, and two Super Bowls. Why can't we do it again this year? He has one too. Ray he won one. Number Ray. one, the six ten sports. I'm done talking. Let's okay. slam the Royals. Let's get That's them right. back in the third place. Do- Right, do your job and let's get him going. Come on, All right, Ray. KC, let's go. Let's, let's go. Let's go, KC. Let's go. Get behind these teams and let's go. Crazy <laughs> Ray out. Oh, man. <laughs> I miss Ray, man. What do you say? Crazy Ray's out. Ray's out. I'm in. Is that what he said? I think so. <laughs> he gave Mahomes one more Super Bowl. Been the two and one two, but Ray's on fire, though. He used to call no matter what we're talking about and talk about Escobar. I was hoping we're talking about Escobar tonight. That's the only reason I took the call. 
Put Escobar in a cornfield. Regardless. Crazy Ray out, I'm in. Crazy Ray out, I'm in. He's it's the same guy. Read two personalities, let me know, Ray. Crazy Ray out, I'm in. Out, I'm in. He called us during the, the fifth, 14 or 15 World Series from a, a Arby's or Hardy's, one of the two. I said, where you at? Because he's whispering. It's like, Jay, he goes, yo, let's go Royals. He goes, let's go Royals. He's whispering it. He's like, say it. No one's going to care. Anyway, love hearing some from, from Ray. Crazy Ray out, I'm in. <laughs> what? It's the same guy. What? He's out, but he's in. I, I, don't, I, I don't understand that one, Ray. Can you decipher, Ray? <laughs> so is Ray What the hell in, is that? Or is Crazy Ray out? Crazy Ray is out. Is, is Crazy Ray and Ray two different people? I, I always thought it was one dude. It might be two people. Crazy Ray out, Crazy Ray in. Remember when he called us from a quick trip? Yes. On a payphone? Yes. I didn't know they even had payphones still. I just, he might have just asked the worker. No, he borrowed, borrowed a phone. Or... He borrowed a phone gotcha. at quick trip. He was at a quick trip, and he asked to use their phone, and he said, I got to go because they needed their phone. I don't know what he said. Like, hey, I need to call a sports radio show. I, I don't know. I don't know how that conversation went down. I'm just trying to figure out what that was. I still don't know. Maybe we'll find out at some point, Cream Dog. But you, you've been around here long enough. I'm glad you know Crazy Ray. Like, Crazy Ray can call me anytime he wants to. Anytime. Any, any, any time he wants to. But the whole dynamic with Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator. And again, I go back to, I can't figure out why teams didn't want that. Why teams didn't want Eric Bieniemy, who knows Patrick Mahomes so well, knows his tendencies. Because to me, if I'm trying to beat somebody, I want intel. I mean, that's... Cheap, easy until you can get. It's head coach. Because you know, the enemy wants to win. You've heard the guy. The guy wants to win. The guy wants to beat your butt, man. That's who he is. That's what he's made about. He's a coach. Listen, just listen to anytime he's doing a press conference. Unbelievable. I could listen to the enemy for most basically want to punch a wall. I like hearing him. But the fact he's back is great. It's a positive for the Chiefs. So yeah, we can talk about it in the offseason. Look, I've been talking about it at nauseum. Every offseason never happens, so it's a net gain for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Troy Vincent who's the executive vice president of the NFL, former player with the Philadelphia Eagles, had uh, retweeted this out. It's from the quarterback summit that happened in June this summer. And I found it fascinating because there's Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy, And they're, they're right there talking to the interviewer, just, just that close. Just in the dynamic between Bieniemy and Mahomes, it's like no wonder, no wonder things run so well. And I know Andy Reid's part of the equation and everything else. But the continuity and how in sync these guys are, this was incredible. And with Coach E.B., it was, let's, let's figure out how to get better now. Let's figure out how to make ourselves better and prepare ourselves. And, and from that day on, it's kind of set that same mindset in me uh, to make sure that I'm getting the most out of not only myself and my teammates and everybody every single day I'm in this building. One thing we pride ourselves on, we pride ourselves on over-communicating with one another. Right. We're in constant communication. With Pat. I want to make sure that Pat has a good feel for what we're seeing, what I'm seeing, and what he's seeing, so we can all get on the same page. When we go into a game, 
There is no questions. Right. Okay. Everybody knows exactly what we're doing. Everybody knows what what we're expecting. And then at the end of the day, those guys who go out there and function at a high level because they just need to cut. And like he was talking about earlier, if I, if I don't if I don't like a play, I tell him. I mean, I say I, right. I just don't feel comfortable running it. Right. And he's like, all right, he, he might love the play. But he's like, all right, let's just get it out. It's it's about the greater good of the team. Right. I'm not out there playing quarterback. Right. Okay. I'm not out there making all the calls and all the checks up the line of scrimmage. Right. Right. So if he likes something. Yeah. If he feels strongly about it, I know that Pat will go out there and make it happen. They just know each other, man. What he likes, this is why. It's part of the installs. What Patrick likes, you play it. It's what the Chiefs have done with Patrick. I mean, they go back, Texas Tech, what's he running? Would he have success there with Kingsbury? What was he doing offensively? They made it work, and the Chiefs implemented it. I know at one point, Washington, when they had RG3, they tried to, uh, it was kind of creative what they did. They took a look at what made RG3 so good at Baylor, and they put some of that. It's like, of course you do. Why not put somebody in a position where they succeeded? Why not put somebody familiar with certain play calls where they had success in college? Why not do that more? What's what they do with Patrick Mahomes? You know, Texas Tech, it was a lot of that offense. Gary Patterson, one of the best defensive minds in college football at TCU. A couple years ago, they played Texas Tech in a, uh, in a game. And he said, hey, I, I watched the Chiefs <laughs> as part of my preparation for stopping Texas Tech, same principles. It's why Kingsbury, if he ended up the Super Bowl against Mahomes, would be kind of fun. Guy knows him inside and out. That's why I was advocating Kramer. I remember talking about it. Kingsbury was on thin ice at Texas Tech there at the end. And the year before he was fired, I was like, man, the Chiefs, I just throw the, throw the bank of this guy. Bring him in. You know, groom him to be an offensive coordinator. And then his popularity train hit. He goes to USC, never coaches a game there. Then he gets a job in the NFL. Kingsbury didn't have much success at Texas Tech. He, he rode the coattails of Patrick Mahomes to a head coaching job in the NFL. He did. He did. So that was interesting. But use what works in college is the way to go. But coming up next, Gene Taylor. He's the uh, athletic director at Kansas State. Join Carrington Harrison Today, earlier on the drive, and I thought it was really interesting. Does he have any animosity towards Texas? What's the Big 12 going to do now? Is he mad at Bob Bowlesby? Answers all those questions next. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to Bink at Night, Jay Binkley, Kramer Sansone, the Kramer dog. Got a, not a Jimenez, home run in the cornfield. Yes, yes we've seen like three so far. Bomb. So three, three cornfield bombs. You got Smoltz and Buck in the uh, throwback uh, broadcaster outfits. But I mentioned Gene Taylor, and I thought this was pretty interesting from old Gene Taylor. I had a lot to say with uh, Carrington Harrison today, and one of the topics was, will K-State be okay? Why K-State will be okay? Because the big question is, like, you know, the talk of Kansas going to the Big Ten, that was hot out there for a while. Listen, that, that's that's not going to happen. Football drives the bus. It does. It drives the bus. Matter of fact, listen to Stuart Mandel. He was on with uh, the drive, and he talked about how football drives the bus. We'll do this before we get into Gene Taylor because he's going to tell you the exact same thing. So as much as you think of KU's basketball and the 14th straight conference championship getting to the Final Four, you say, oh, that's a good product. People are going to want that product. Think again. Yeah, it really makes no sense to me. I, I think the source of it, if I had to guess, the reason people are making that connection 
is about is academics and the AAU, which is this prestigious association of universities. Every school the Big Ten has ever invited had AAU membership. Nebraska has since lost it, but they had it when they invited them. While the two Big 12 schools that have it are Kansas and Iowa State. And then if you're a Kansas basketball fan, clearly, I totally get it. You feel like we've got one of the most prestigious basketball programs in the country. Surely somebody's going to want that. Unfortunately, if you ask a commissioner, if you ask a TV person, 80% of a TV contract is football. Basketball, regular season basketball just doesn't have a lot of value. And so Kansas football, as we know, I don't need to be mean about it, but they are the worst Power 5 football program they have been for a decade. So if you're the Big Ten and you're saying, how do we counter the SEC? The SEC just went on, got Texas and Oklahoma. What are we going to do to counter them? It makes zero sense to me that your counter move would be to add Kansas football. Never say never in realignment. We've seen some crazy things, but that one doesn't add up. That's why Kansas has been so hell-bent on making that football team better. They thought Les Miles get the job done. No, didn't happen. So they move on. But this is why this would get the donors, that football program. They got nice facilities over there, but they got to get even more attractive at football. They're more attractive at football, and you can bring get back to the days of of Mark Mangino. Maybe Lance Leipold can get it back there. The guy has six national titles at the Division three level. See what he could do. But here's Gene Taylor's message to Kansas State fans: how they're okay with realignment. Football drives most conference affiliation driven decisions. You know, it's also the- there. You go. Football drives the conference decision. Gene Taylor is on the football playoff committee. Knows what he's talking about. Presidents making the decisions, and they look at the academic profile of the institution, and what do you have, you know, as an institution or reputation. And when I think of that, I mean, obviously, we're one of the more successful football programs in the Big Twelve, besides probably Oklahoma, uh, even more so than Texas in terms of winning percentages and Big Twelve championships. You know, the fan base plays a role. How do you how do your fans travel? Um, you know, do you fill your stadium? There's a lot of factors to go into, and then overall success of the athletic program as well. Now, have we won a lot of national championships? No, we've never won any. But in terms of competitiveness outside our conference, I think we stand up against as well as anybody in the conference. Uh, when you look at some of the other football programs in the Big 12, now our goal is not to break up. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, you know, we want to stay together as an eight because I think we bring – more to the table for opportunities and options. But I don't, you know, if people saying that, you know, yeah, you read all the stuff that this team's being considered and that team's, but I can tell you right now, nobody's being considered because none of the other conferences are thinking about expansion. Yeah, the other conferences aren't wanting to expand at this point. The SEC's going to 16 teams. They have 14 now. The ACC sits at 14. Big 10, 14 teams, Pac-12, or Pac-12 has 12 teams. It makes sense, right? Pac-12, 12 teams. Okay. And then, you know, Okay, if they, they've been talking with the Big 12, whether it's a conference scheduling thing or combining the conferences, whatever you have it, that'd be a 20-team conference, and they'd be represented in every time zone, something that's very attractive to the Pac-12. But Gene Taylor, the athletic director of Kansas State, is confident the eight could actually stay together. Well, you know, I've seen the conference. I, do, I can only go by the conversations that I'm on, on, you know, twice a week now with our ADs in our conference office, and you know, we're beginning to rally together just because of how it all unfolded with Texas and Oklahoma. And there's a lot of frustration. There's, you know, there was some anger. Now it's kind of past the anger to, okay, what do we need to do? And and so when I hear the ADs talk, and I understand the presence and chance of it, we're pretty galvanized right now. 
obviously there's financial things that, that Elkhorn and Texas are going to face that any other school would face if they try to get out and go to another conference right now, including the Grand Rides and all those other things. So um, I think we realize that we're a more attractive group together, and, and we just kind of need to keep staying, you know, staying the course right now. But can they trust each other? That's a big point. But Gene Taylor, you never know who's looking at who. Phone call you're taking, what the team. But it sounds like they've got a little bit of alliance. They think they got, again, Bob Bowlesby went to the Big 12 media days, the commissioner, and <laughs> says he wasn't losing sleep over. Then the next day, Oklahoma and Texas, you know, Big 12 gets done, and boom, the bombshell drops the SEC media days at Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12. He didn't see it coming. Can you really trust anybody? That's the question. But as he reiterates, Gene Taylor, no other conference thinking of expansion. The biggest thing is, you know, we want to stay together as an eight because I think we bring more to the table for opportunities and options. But I don't, you know, if people saying that, you know, yeah, you read all the stuff that this team's being considered and that team's, but I can tell you right now, nobody's being considered because none of the other conferences are thinking about expansion. Now, is the Big 12, would they be happy with eight? Now, it's going to be eight at least till 2025 unless Texas and Oklahoma pay the exit fees, which they clearly can because the Longhorn Network owes Texas money, so they'd pay for both of them to get out of the conference. They can get out of the conference. I don't think there's any way in hell they stay the full four more years. I don't think that's going to happen. Are you good with staying with eight, Gene, or do you want to poach other teams? Well, it certainly starts with the eight. Uh, and then what we do from there, you know, we haven't really talked a great deal about. Do you – you know, you look at. I think every option's on the table. Well, that's bringing in teams uh, from other conferences, um, merging with an existing Power Five conference in terms of either a scheduling alliance or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of rumors out there, but I think as long as we stay together, uh, we're we're more attractive as the eight as opposed to individually. Um, and, and I think we have better options by staying together. If they can stay together, <laughs> can they trust each other? That's the question. I mean, if you get a call, the right thing smoking, Carrington, I'll do it after the break, but Carrington even asked him. Like, if K-State gets a call tomorrow to go to a more attractive conference, would he go or would he stay? That's next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big Nine, Jay Binkley, Kramer, Sansone. How about Jarrett Patterson? Two carries, 17 yards, undrafted. Said, keep an eye on this guy. He played for Lightpole at uh, Buffalo. I always like those undrafted guys. I really do. This guy, <laughs> he had a 301-yard game followed by a 409, 18-yard shy of P. Ryan. Probably would have got it, but Lightpole took him out of the game. But he had eight touchdowns that game. You kidding me? Eight touchdowns against Kent State. 409 yards, eight touchdowns. 11.4 per. Yeah, I'm rooting for this kid. It's going to be good. I mentioned uh, Gene Taylor, athletic director of Kansas State, was asked an interesting question by Carrington. If you got an offer right now, because you've heard him talk about, you know, we're good at eight, trust each other and all that, but would you take the call? Right now, it's, you know, stay together, obviously because of the dollars and everything else that's involved with that. Um, the other thing is, like I said, I don't know that any conferences are really feeling the need to expand. I mean, uh, you know, what is, uh, what is, why does the Big Ten need to expand right now? They, they've got plenty of money. They've got, you know, 14 schools. Uh, what, do, what does anybody bring to the table unless it's, uh, you know, somebody out of the SEC or somebody like that? I, I don't see that happening. I know the other conferences 
aren't really talking about it right now for my colleagues that are in those conferences. So right now, again, we're focusing on staying together as the eight. Conference realignment shook things out. Rutgers got added to the Big Ten because of the New York, New Jersey television market. Nebraska traditional football program. But again, that's when cable, to borrow a term from Rex Hedler, drove the bus. It's not about cable anymore. Everybody's streaming now. Not everybody, but it's the numbers are coming down for cable. That's not the important thing anymore. Would you take an offer? It's an interesting thing to think about because it sounds like they got a pretty good pact amongst the eight. They talk to each other all the time. They have a couple conversations a week between the athletic directors. We'll see. Again, I think trust is a big issue, a major issue. But eventually, I know teams aren't looking to expand right now, but we will see super conferences. 16, you're going to see other teams want to make that jump. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pac-12 and Big 12 did something together at some point, have 20 teams, have every time zone in this country covered. That would be interesting. Gene Taylor was also asked how much confidence should KSU fans or Big 12 fans have in Bob Bowlesby? You know, Bob is one of the most respected uh, conference commissioners in, in the country. I mean, I think he was seeing Jim Delaney and John Swafford, you know, basically, uh, and, you know, Greg Sankey now to the SEC. And, you know, I just caught everybody by surprise, um, including friends in the AD world that were very, very close with Joe and, and Chris Oconte that never saw this coming. So, to blame Bob on this would be a colossal mistake, in my opinion. In terms of forward thinking, I think he's been very, very involved with us trying to move forward before even this happened and looking at options. Whether um, you know whether it was we didn't really talk expansion, but you know he was very involved with the expansion of the potential expansion of the playoffs. I mean that was Bob's kind of baby, really driving that with Sankey. So I, I don't worry about it. I mean obviously Bob's probably shaking, and I can see you know, where some folks might be, but, you know, he's steering the ship right now and he's doing a good job because it's, it's uh, unprecedented. And when I talk to colleagues from other conferences, they are absolutely stunned that this happened and still not sure why and how. And they'd been working on it for the longest time. You would think that he would just have his ears out or somebody would have tipped him off. Hey, Oklahoma and Texas looking to, to leave you. But again, this happened on his watch, Bob Bowlesby's watch. Two of his anchor tenants just left. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for Bob Bowlesby. So I don't know if the confidence from fans is there from Bowlesby. Matter of fact, I think the confidence meter is at an all-time low for Bob Bowlesby. But then the question was asked, what emotion do you or other conference members have towards Texas and Oklahoma for leaving you? I think it kind of depends. You know, I, I was more frustrated and shocked. Uh, there are ADs in the league that were closer to Joe and Castiglione at Oklahoma and Chris at uh, Texas that were friends with theirs and theirs is anger because, uh, you know, they had conversations with their friends on a regular basis about the future. When I say the future of the big 12, about how we were going to benefit um, as a 10 school league when the expansion happened and how much better that was going to be for us. And they had those conversations literally days before uh, the announcement. So they feel betrayed in some ways that their friends, you know, didn't at least say, hey, I got to tell you this before it breaks. And then when that broke, they weren't getting answers uh, from people that they, they know and trusted. So there's, depending on where you are, there's anger, there's frustration. And I think now it's about we got to move forward and figure out what's best for the eight of us. So here's real talk there, Kramer. Anger, frustration. Obviously, your friend's telling you one thing, they go and do something completely else. It's completely different. Again, there's a big trust factor going on here. 
Because if they, if you thought you could trust Texas and Oklahoma talking to Del Conte or Coach Joe Castiglione, you thought you had you had your friends, but they leave you. Not only that, think about the uncertainty they create. The whole Big Twelve could just dissolve because of their decision. I mean, you have big time universities, Power Five universities, not sure what their next move is, and they're sitting there with eight teams. I mean, I feel like I could almost see a an act of say teams from like conferences that are like that bottom tier. Say it's like a Big Ten in Nebraska. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad if say if they lead the Big Ten and go back to the Big Twelve. There's no reason for that to happen. Like that, just granted, you're losing Texas and Oklahoma. Those are your two big stable points in football from for the from the Big Twelve, and they go to the SEC. That's what they're they're planning on doing. So why not try to poach some teams from the Big Ten or poach some teams from the Pac-12 or, heck, try to uh, try to see if you can get Notre Dame to come over and actually be in a conference for once. I, don't th- I mean, last year they did the ACC just because of COVID. I don't think they're good. They're, they're happy with where they're at. You're not going to talk to them. Arizona and Arizona State have shown some frustration with the Pac-12. They've got a new commissioner now. It's not Larry Scott. So things could be different. But, again, Gene Taylor explains here. It's not about cable anymore. It's not about the media market size. It's about streaming. Well, I, I don't, again, that's, things have changed, right? I think when you look at the Big Ten expansion into the East Coast, they wanted, to, they wanted those eyes. The linear television network was driving the dollars. The linear television sets are beginning to decline at a pretty high percentage rate each and every year in terms of ESPN and their, you know, their subscribers. They're going to online digital. Uh, so it doesn't is not as critically as important in terms of what community you live in as opposed to, you know, where your eyes are coming from. We've got alumni all across the country, and people can watch K-State games on a lot of different ways. And so that's why you hear now that Hulu, Hulu and some of these other, you know, digital formats are trying to get into the game of sports. The live content is very important. So uh, you can, you know, I don't know that the numbers – bodies in a community matter as much as they did 10 years ago but you're right that's why they expanded the big 10 they needed the east they'd never been in the east coast they needed the new york market even though it was rutgers and they you know they needed the maryland and you know but i don't think that's quite as important today because the linear networks are going away and are losing significant subscribers this is gene taylor full interview on demand 610sports.com or the all-new odyssey app Kramer, did you see that Crush Davis retired, right? Yes. With injuries, Chris Davis from the from the Orioles? Yes. Did you see what they still got to pay him? He's retired, but they still got to why, why they got to pay him? You retire, you don't get your cash. Everything's guaranteed when it comes to baseball, baby. I know, but you retire, though. That changes things. I mean, so did Bobby If Bonilla. you're still playing, here's the deal. John Heyman says he had defer, deferrals in his original payment, $161 million, seven-year deal will all be paid in three years. So he'll still get his money. He originally, when he got his contract from the Orioles, he was going to collect $3.5 million between 23 and 32, then $1.4 million from 33 to 37. Now it looks like they'll pay him this $23 million within three years. Pretty good deal to be Chris Davis. Oh, easily good deal. I mean, I understand. Like, if he's not good anymore and he sucks and you cut him, you got to pay him. But if you retire, why do they have to pay you? Like, if you quit, why do they have to pay you? Baseball, man. Baseball. I got no answer for you. You're not getting this deal in the NFL. If you leave the game and retire, you're not getting it. That's that's different between the NFL and Major League Baseball. This is guaranteed money. 
But the if thing you get is, hurt in NFL, they can defer him almost all of But the thing is, retirement usually supersedes your contract. Now, if the team gets rid of you, DFAs you, whatever, just like when Josh Hamilton, when the Angels paid him $60 million just to go away, right? Yeah. Or Pablo Sandoval in Boston. They do this. But Crush Davis, I mean, he's retiring. And what is it with the, the injury thing with uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract? And like half of that contract's voided if he gets hurt? You always have to be careful with that, and especially like the retiring thing. That's what I don't get. Like, I understand they cut him, but if he retires on his own, it's a wink wink deal, which could have been the deal. And you can honestly blame that contract for the reason why the Orioles are where they're at today. It's kind of like the Miguel Cabrera contract. You can blame that too. And the Orioles, by the way, still on the hook. Them and the Mets. We know Bobby Bonilla Day still gets paid with the Mets, but the Orioles are involved in that too. There's still 500000 that comes to the Mets and the Orioles because of Bobby Bonilla. But regardless, Crush Davis. We come back, they'll get you primed for the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes talked today for the final time before the game Saturday. Hear what he has to say about his role in Saturday's game. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.